Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to part two of the March episode of the uh, Luton Town Sports Trust podcast. If you've listened to part one, you'll know I'm Kevin, you'll know I've got James and Tony with me. If you haven't listened to part one, do so later, but I have got them with me, and we are going to discuss um, the expectations for the rest of the season at the next five league matches. And I'm really looking forward to a chat about um, Power Court and Newlands Park because we've not done that for a while. So uh, let, let's have a look at the um, expectations for the season, lads. It's, uh, usually at this stage of the season, I'm kind of asking um, you guys when we'll win the league or whether we'll stay up or what will happen. Uh, but potentially, well, I'm certainly not asking you when we'll win the league this season and I'm hoping I'm not asking <laughs> you whether we'll stay up as well. But... Um, Tony, I'll start with you. We've got nine games left. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll immediately coin the Nathan Jones phrase of the last few weeks because I think he was bitterly pissed off that that Rotherham game got cancelled. Let's say we win the game in hand. We're sitting 10th in the league. What are you expecting over the remainder of the season? What would you like us to do? What do you think we can do? And, and what do you want to see between now and the end of the season? Um, well, it, it's helped that the, the pressure's off. Um, in terms of having the battle to avoid relegation. Um, what I'd like to see happen is um, us finishing a, a top half uh, finish. Um, I think the playoffs are just a bit too much of an ask at the moment. But uh, whatever happens, we've improved on last season and that's all you, you want, really. But I would like a, 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 a top 10 finish. Um, but I think as long as we, we've improved over last season, we're in a higher league position, then that's good progress. And uh, I think it's going to add to the experience for our younger players, for the players that have come in and it's their first taste of championship football. They've got more games under their belt and they're only going to get better. So I, I, I think it's quite um, promising positive and I think the, the future looks bright and, and as I said my my main thing is uh, I want to finish in the top half of the table. James is the playoffs absolutely out of the question I mean we've won this game in hand let's say we're 10th in the league we're nine mm -hmm. points off the playoffs there's eight games left Reading are the team to chase in the playoffs they come here next month are they are they are they gone? I don't think you can say they've gone. I think the, the realism uh, kicks in and you, you think that if they get into the playoffs and who knows, maybe um, a good run of form pushes them to the ultimate prize in that competition, then then you'd start, I think you'd start to worry. I think it's one thing saying that we are probably a year ahead of where they wanted to be in the championship. The Premier League is different different stuff really altogether I mean you get in there I don't think that I don't think that helps Luton at this stage you know the, the money would be nice and stuff but you coming straight back down no questions asked I think I think you have to consolidate in the championship a bit more but where you want to be consolidating in the championship is that top half and having that that threat or that promise of the playoffs and being in that mix and, and mixing it with some of the big boys and I think that is a realistic goal and what I'd like to see from this sort of last nine, nine games is now the now the pressure if there was any pressure that's I think that's off you can you can play a, a, a freestyle of football and 
and see where that takes you and how far you can get. And also it is, you can treat this almost as a competitive version of an extended pre-season going into next season. And you can try new things. You can, you can, you can try and evolve this uh, diamond, I say evolve, returns of this diamond and evolve that and try two strikers up top and see that and, and try some of the players that perhaps haven't featured so much and see if you can carry on with them next season because I think there might be a case to say they're uh, uh, with a couple of them they probably reach their natural end with Lewin and maybe they get moved on in the summer who knows but you've got this you've got this this nine game period is is really you can just it's an unusual situation I think you can just try things and be a bit more adventurous and see what happens and who knows where it takes you whether it's this season or next season and the seasons to come but it's a really exciting prospect to see what could happen I think that's it's an unusual position to be in yeah it absolutely is it's nice but nothing seasons the season that we're not at the uh, at the grounds isn't it as opposed to all the other seasons when we have been there and there's um, something to play for that's for sure um Plenty of matches still to come then. Nine matches between now and the end of the season. We're not going to cover them all here because we will be back for a, for a podcast next month. But we'll go through a few of them, starting on Good Friday. Well, James, will it be a Good Friday? Um, Derby County away. Obviously, um, played them very, 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 very early in the season. Um, so, so much early that they were only Wayne Rooney's Derby County from a player point of view, weren't they, as opposed to a manager point of view. But... How do you see that one going on uh, on Friday? The interesting thing for me, and, and, I, and I've been in contact with some Derby fans who want me to do a podcast, they're whinging because they've got a lot of internationals playing on Wednesday who probably won't be able to play on Friday. And the good thing from a Luton point of view is all of our internationals are playing on Tuesday. So, And, and actually only one of them starting on Tuesday. Uh, Sluger and Collins were on the bench at the start. I don't know if, <clears throat> don't know if they've come on. But that's, all, that's immediately getting getting the sort of backs up of the Derby County fans and, and I've heard it Wayne Rooney mention it in the press as well. They're not impressed with that. Well they were already getting their excuses in, are they? Early doors. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean one of the fellas, um Joe Kovwiak, something like that, he's he's gonna start up front against England on Wednesday. So, you know, he's he's gonna be chasing the ball a fair bit as well. So, you know, that that isn't that is important, isn't it, for all our international away that they have done us a bit of a favour playing on the Tuesday rather than the Wednesday. Yeah, man, I didn't know that. I think that's an added, added bonus, but I was having this as a Luton win, to be honest, because I think Luton have got the Indian sign over this county side and they, um, you know, they've not been great shakes this season. Luton are banging form. Uh, those players that you mentioned are going to come back. They ain't going to have too much. Uh, they ain't going to, they have, won't have been too busy. Uh, but... Uh, you know, you know, realistically, um, it's a strange one. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think the, the international game should be happening right now, as it is. But by the by, they are. Um, you know, Sluger barely ever plays for his, for his country, which is disappointing for him. And he, out of the, out of the four players, that have, um, out of the three players that are currently uh, on international duty, he's the probably one that should play because he's been outstanding this season. But Morel's not. Morel's been on the bench um, and he gets more, more action with Wales. And um, James Collins has been on the bench as well. You no know, credit to him that he scored 
his first competitive international goal. Um, but you'd have to say that based on the form and the way that Nathan treats uh, his starting 11s and the loyalty he gives the players, that when he comes back, James Collins will be back on the bench. And so will Joe Morrell. So it's not really going to affect Luton anyway. Uh, but, you know, if, if Derby County have got a load of international players, then why are they where they are, for starters? And if they're not going if, if to be too knackered to play on Friday, then that's even better for Luton. I think they'll go up there and win. Tony, what do you make of that? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree um, with James. Um, you know, they are getting excuses in my attitude to that is we're tough, get on with it. You know, managers sometimes always need something to whinge about. Um, I think the international thing, I, I, again, I agree with James. I don't think they should be playing international football at the moment. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I, I would have us down for three points at Derby on, on Friday. Um, again, it's not a lot I connect to what James has said. We are in form. Um, let's hope Sluga produces a, a lot better performance than the one he did in the corresponding fixture last season. Um, but yeah, I, I expect three points from Friday. Christ, yeah, I've forgotten about that. Gee, me. Yeah. No, no, they were the... They were the bad old days of um, Simon Sluga, weren't they? They've, they've definitely yeah. come out of my uh, out of my memory bank. I'll stay with you, Tony, because uh, Easter weekend is always a double header. Um, I mean, to be fair, this time last year, if I'd said to you, Luton and Barnsley are going to be two top half sides going at it on Easter Monday, you'd have said, "Yeah, in League One." Um, we were both expected yeah. to get relegated, weren't we? But that wasn't the case. <laughs> exactly. And, um, yeah. You know, Barnsley come down here on Easter Monday. They come down here as a side in form. But that form's got to stop sometime soon. Yeah. The thing is, you look at it, if you look back historically between the two clubs when we've played each other, we tend to win at their place. They tend to win at ours. Um, they're banging form, Barnsley. And, and, and fair play to them. It's great to see them do it because considering the position they were in last season, which was worse than ours, and they've come out of it and they've taken advantage of it, and they've done really, really well. Um, to be honest with you, I think this is a very difficult one to call. Um, both sides are in form. Um, and I think I'd, I'd have it down as a 1-1 draw, to be honest with you. I'll be happy with the point from that. Yeah, I say um, Barnsley are in form, James. But I suppose, you know, everyone's had two weeks break. So who truly knows who's in form? Uh, how do you see that going, obviously? As Tony said, we've we've we won there both times, but uh, could only manage a one-one draw here, which which we thought, didn't we? Me and you thought last season. That's the nail in the coffin of both sides. <laughs> it shows mm. how much we knew, really. Mm. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, I, yeah, it is. It is a really tough one to call, uh, and really because, however well you think Luton have done last season and this season, Barnsley's story is unbelievable. It's a real miracle story. They should have been. They'd have buried last season to go on the run that they've been going on of late is is really impressive. Um, uh, I, I would be happy with the draw because I think that they're they're a dangerous side now, really threatening side. Actually, when when they when they came to Kenilworth last season and they were both in trouble, they played some really decent football actually and had Luton on the back foot for good periods. So um, the, the the difference then was they couldn't hit the net 
like they, they've really struggled, but now they've found that magic formula. So I think they're a really dangerous side. So I'd definitely take a point if it's available. Um, I think Luton going to have to be on their metal. Yeah, even then, four four point Easter. I don't think anyone can complain too much about that. Now, Tony, mm-hmm. I know you're gutted that you're not going to the uh, next game, Wickham away, but I'm not expecting you to tell me that we're going to get anything other than three points there. Three points, three points. That'll do me. Um, I, I with that side, I can't wait to see them get relegated as quickly as possible. And uh, to be fair, they're making a good fist of that. Um, you know. Uh, they're one of these, they're, you know, they're rough people, they're, they're full of gamesmanship and they they like to waste time and everything. I think uh, they have a history of big, strong, tall centre-forwards. Well, hopefully with Elijah, they're going to get a taste of their own medicine in that game. Um, no, I, I, I think we're quite capable of picking up three points and I expect three points from that game, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, James, I'd be quite happy if uh, Nathan decides to um, rest the entire first eleven and play the youth team in this game. Bearing in mind what's to come the following week, but how do you uh, how how do you see this game going at Wickham? Um, it's got to be a win, a, a win at all costs, isn't it? That one. Oh yeah, it's got to be a win. I mean, I don't spend uh, any time at all looking at the fortunes of Wickham, other than listening to what Tony says on the podcast, but. Uh, so I, I, I've got no uh, basis in, uh, I've done the research on this, but is there a possibility that if Luton win there, they could be the one that knock them out, knock them down? So that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? I mean, I just don't like going to the place. It would, it like would, James. <laughs> um, they, they, shouldn't be, they shouldn't be in this division. Um, it's travesty what happened last season, the way that they were given the points over Peterborough. Um, so... So back down they go, and, and it'd be wonderful if uh, send them back down. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point that you make, actually. Just looking at the table, there are 11 points adrift with Birmingham with eight games left. Obviously, they'll only have five games left after we've played them. So if Birmingham pick up four points in those first three games, then, yeah, we can be the team that, that relegates Wickham, which will be interesting. I think of more importance, though, Tony, will be put in a spanner in the works of a certain promotion party the following week when uh, rivals Watford come to town. Now, we had all of that bollocks when uh, we okay. went to their place, didn't we, with um, all the police and the statues and everything else being boarded up. We'll have none of that shenanigans this time, but hopefully we'll have a much better performance and an even better result. Mm, what, from that bunch of wusses? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, you look on... Paper and, and contrary to popular belief, this is far more important to me than the Wickham game. Um, we just did not perform in the game at their place. You know, one strike at goal and nothing else. But that was the old Luton. Hopefully, we can turn that round and, and, and put a, a performance on. Luton can be a funny side, and we, we tend to play better against sides that are. Um, on paper, better than us. And I, I, I don't think anybody can argue with the fact that you look at Watford, they've got, they have, if you look on paper, they've got better players, they can afford to pay more money. Um, and, and they have got some good talent there. However, on the day, it's 11 against 11. 
and we can match them. And I think in that game, it'll come down to who wants it most. But our team shouldn't need motivating for that. They know that we weren't happy with what happened at Vicarage Road. So hopefully we can turn it around. And again, it's another game where I'll be looking forward to three points. But yeah, I think that's a fair draw, assessment. I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment of it, James. I mean, you know, um, they've just come down from the Premier League, haven't they? They're entitled to have better players <laughs> than what we've got, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything on the day. I mean, I think Luton fans everywhere are just hoping for a better performance. The, the kind of saving grace is that it wasn't a Kean and Dewsbury Hall, Elijah Adebayo Luton side that they played at Vicarage Road and, and we were a much better side with those two in particular in it. So are you expecting different from that game? Well, I bloody well hope so because it was an absolutely dreadful experience when it was Vicarage Road last, last year. Um, it was, the, you know, all the build-up to it was this, you know, first chance to play in, what, 13 years or whatever it was. And it was... It's not. I suppose you could argue it's the first chance to play them in 13 years on the 17th of April because we didn't make much of an attempt to play them at their place. Well, yeah, there is that. Mm. Listen, it's you don't want to lose that game, obviously, because local bragging rights are up for grabs and, and it's at home as well. You don't want them to do the double. I mean, they shouldn't have done it in the first place because Colin sticks that uh, goal in mm. at their place and it's a different game, but, you know, it is what it is. Now, let's but, be honest, we want them in the division next season, don't we? We want fans oh, yeah. to be able to go and see this. Right, this oh, yeah, because it, it will mean it'll be more of a financial struggle for them. Yeah, absolutely. No, you, you want it as well, because if you're talking local derbies, then I'm sorry to report, but uh, it means nothing unless the fans are there. It, you know, yeah. as, as evidenced by the performance of both teams, the insipid match of football that we had to sit through last time. It, without fans there going absolutely bananas, then it's just another game of football. You know, you, they can, you can talk as much as you like about it being drummed into the players from the likes of yeah. and stuff. But it, without that uh, sense of you know, passion and, and, and a bit of danger and a bit of excitement from from the fans and it's just not a game and you know I, I, I really hope I'm proved wrong but it it ain't it's not going to be the same and but the sooner they can balls up their promotion push and stay in the division next season where you can actually get it on and have it proper then um, the, more, the sooner the better yeah, don't worry. I think they've got four of the top five in their last four games after us. So, you know, they're, in, they're nothing like um, promoted. You're absolutely right, James. I mean, I think back to that game in September, and you know, you want to kind of be more up for it, even sitting there watching I follow, but it's just artificial. It bollocks. I mean, it's just, just you, at the end of the day, you're just watching something on a TV screen. I mean, it's different in the Euros, isn't it, when you've got England to get behind and you know, all of that. And you want it to be the same, but it just, it just, it just ain't. You just, especially when you go to every game and, you know, you just know it ain't the same. And, and I think that's, you know, hopefully we can, um, like you say, kibosh their promotion hopes and we can get back to um, being there next season and it'd be fantastic. One last game to um, talk about then, chaps, uh, before our next podcast. And that is Reading at home. I suppose if you look down these... Um, 
records that we've spoken about so many times on this podcast, you can pretty much give Red in that win immediately because our record against them is shocking. But we've beaten Knott's Forest recently. We've beaten Preston recently, Tony. So can we make it three in a row and, and do Reading down here as well? Uh, you know, it, it just it, it, it just depends. As I said, I don't think they're anything special and we're quite capable of beating them. But the other side that seems to blow hot and cold as well. But this will be another game where I'd be happy with the point, Kev. You know, so, um, yeah. As long as we don't lose to them again 5-0, I'll be happy. It's a game where we um, seem to be stone cold against them, James. I can't remember. Apart from mm-hmm. the um, first time we were in the Championship under Mike Newell, I think we were one of the few sides to beat them the season they got promoted to the Premier League. Apart from that, I can't remember us beating Reading in a Me league too. game. We yeah, ended the their yeah. long un- un- unbeaten run, yeah. I remember that's it, it about now. the same similar time of the season, yeah. I mean, obviously, we've done them in both cups this season, yeah. James. Do we... Um, do we pick up a third win against them? Yeah, I, fan- I fancy a win against them. It's about time, isn't it? Generally, some of the most awful games that I've seen against uh, against Reading. Some someone put um, the highlights of the Simmer Cup final on Twitter the other day and said it's yeah, the anniversary. I'm like, we bloody putting that on for? I hadn't seen it since back in the day when it actually happened. I was like. I was there. I was there, James, and we were all. We took a one-nil lead. We were awful, and it's come out years later. The reason why we were awful on that day is because the players were all out on the piss the night before. We made Reading look like well beaters on that day. I was going to say the highlights couldn't have lasted particularly long because there weren't many of them from a Luton point of view. Mm. Uh, no, I don't think there were Luton highlights. That's the thing that. It went on far too long. I don't know why I haven't watched it, to be honest. I should have just uh, averted the game mm-hmm. instead of all or something. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't like playing Reading. Uh, and so it'd be nice mm-hmm. to give them a tonking, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely would. Yeah, so uh, we're confident on two wins out of these five, aren't we? And hopeful of another two. And who knows what we'll take in the other one. Uh-huh. I think it's, you know, we'll, we'll you know what, but Luton is so frustrating. Because they could just as easily go on an unbeaten run and win all of them. You know, that's the, the, the I can't, I personally can't see it happening, but stranger things have happened, you know. Well, that's we the do, thing, do that. That's the, thing with the, um, that's the thing with the shackles being on, isn't it? Essentially, mm. what, I'm, what I'm saying is you can go and, uh, and play some, you know, attacking football and take it to these teams and see if they can cope and see see what comes of it because you know the last two games actually um, and we haven't touched on this um but it speaks to the evolution of uh, of what Luton are trying to do is they've um in consecutive games they've created their most amount of chances per game in those two games i think it's 20 and 19 respectively something like that what we need is uh, simon here to, to to tell me right that i've got the stats wrong um but that is that's impressive, but they need to start sticking a few more of them away. But if they can do that against some of these teams, I'm not going to like it. Yeah, I have no doubt about it. If you have got them wrong, he will tell you. It's, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's you know, it's, it's not a problem in that regard. I mean, actually, you mentioned them stats. Um, I know you'd hate expected goals and all of that, but Luton's expected goals against Coventry was four point one one, which is a ridiculously stupid number. I mean. Usually your expected goals range, you're doing well if you're above 1.5. So that kind of shows how well we played 
in uh, in that game. Yeah, look, let's hope with the shackles off. And actually, and the last two games that we mentioned, they're Reading and Watford. It's the flip side for them, isn't it? They're under shitloads of pressure to be getting points yes. yeah. to hold off the chasing side. So hopefully that will work in our in our favour and we can pick up some wins. And who knows when we do reconvene for the next podcast. Those playoffs, they're a little bit closer, even though we, James doesn't want to win them necessarily. <laughs> Let's finish this podcast off then, chaps, with a chat about Power Court and Newlands Park. We've kind of put it on the back burner for a bit, A, because there wasn't an awful lot happening in front of the scenes, but also because of the Cutano Road um, debacle. We'll switch tax uh, this month. We'll come back to that next month. Um, but Power Court, Newlands Park. James, I'll start with you on this one. Um, plans were made public by 2020 developments last week in a statement and uh, well everything looks um so much rosier to the extent that if everything goes to plan we are going to be playing football in power court in um 2024 so just three years from now fantastic news uh, good news also that things like uh music venue is potentially still there the only real difference is from a sort of um, structural point of view is a little bit less retail up at Newlands Park, a bit more housing down at Power Court and the stadium's moved around a little bit. But the plans and the fact that we've now got dates and everything else there as a sort of mission statement, just so positive. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? The, the date where you sort of know uh, if everything goes to plan, it's going to happen. Um, you know, every confidence that it will at that stage. I mean, you know, the thing for me, I was, I, I had no, I had no fear that the stadium wouldn't be built. I know there are still some people who are a bit negative about it, saying it never will. But you know, if if you're one of them, this dear listener, just understand that they are miles ahead of any other prospective development that's ever come close to. Uh, or, or well, I mean, we've never had sort of plans approved, have we, before? Let, at least, no. least of all, uh, an actual date where we could be playing football. And, you know, even if they don't make that date of August 2024, by August 2024, there's going to be bricks in a ground. There's going to be, you know, structural differences around the town. You're going to see that, OK, if they've not quite met their target, well, we're not going to lynch them or anything. It is going to be significantly more improved than what it is now. It's just that confirmation that listen we've gone through a pandemic for 12 months but all that's done is just push the dates back a little bit and altered a couple of the sort of details that really in terms of a football fans point of view are only about the development people themselves we just want the stadium in in place and we're going to get that yeah absolutely I, I think that some of the things that sort of get a little bit overlooked but they do get talked about uh, from say 2020 and Mike Moran is the chief operating officer, but maybe get overlooked. I think it's that when that happens, let's say 2024, and you're in that ground, this town, this football club will have a brand new uh, 17 and a half seat stadium to start with, brand spanking new in the center of town with absolutely no debt and no cost to the taxpayer. It's it's absolutely remarkable achievement just to be even talking of it when they deliver it, it'd be even more remarkable. Um, it, it, it's going to be absolutely wonderful to, to be there and it, it's still going to be, um, I know there's some changes you talked about, I think most notably that probably the supermarket ain't going to be there that they promised. I mean, I think it's still 
loosely in the plans, but ultimately we, we realised that that was never going to happen the minute that the council um, mugged the club off, really, essentially, and, and put a, an oldie up and by Gypsy Lane, and, and that was the end of that, really. But So it's not going to have the supermarket, it's going to have more housing, which probably is, a, it, it, that's a good thing that it's going to meet the housing needs. It was going to be 500 um, homes and now it's going to be sort of up to 1,200. Uh, so that's going to be good. There's going to be more affordable homes in there as well, which is also good. The river's still going to be brought out. That's going to be a, a great bonus. Um, for me personally, the music venue is still going to be alive and kicking um, when it is at the moment. The detailed plans need to come out, but the noises sound good. Um, I, I, yeah, you're right, a bit of retail is uh, going to be gone, but is that a surprise to anybody after the year we've had in the pandemic? Probably not. Mm. Hopefully, as long as there's bars and restaurants that you can enjoy a bit of food and booze before you go to the game and after, it keeps you in the area, it keeps the money circulating uh, around the town economically. That's going to be good. Also, the, the music venues, I think. One thing um, that I, ha I have noticed from the very early plans, and I don't know whether they've come out now or they came out before, is there was there was going to be planned a sort of little boutique cinema there as well, and that doesn't seem to be in the plans now. So that, that is slightly disappointing, but ultimately it's it's a minor, minor bump in the fact that, um, you know, years and years of just this development getting through uh, and to get to this stage is finally looking more tangible. When, and also when you add it onto the decades of trying to move out anyway uh, for Kenilworth Road, as much as we're going to miss it, is a, is a massive, massive achievement. And I'm really excited really about how it looks and, and what's going to happen. And they could, they're saying they could be spades in the ground by the end of the year. So, you know, all power to them. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing achievement. Yeah, we're going to make absolutely no apologies that we're going to get really excited about this over the next three years on the podcast, you know, following the progress of it, space in the ground, every all the work up in Newlands Park to the point of Powell Court. I should just clarify, actually, I've absolute faith in uh, them delivering by August 2024, but three years, a lot can happen. Hey, anything can happen in the space of 12 months, can't it, as we've just seen. So, you know, um, whilst they're confident with those dates, let's not hold them and hang them if they, you know, if they're not bob on with them. Um, it is a large time scale and a, obviously a large development. Tony, I mean, as a Lutonian, we've always approached this on this podcast from both standpoints, haven't we? A football fan and a Lutonian sort of mm -hmm. point of view because we're both um, absolutely fantastic for the town. I mean, you know, at the minute, the town loses so much to London, St Pancras in particular, and in, in that direction, it loses, dare I say, it, to Watford to certainly to Milton Keynes and all of these other sort of places that have sprung up whilst Luton have sat doing nothing. It's all about to change. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, this town has needed regeneration for years. And uh, this is going to make such a difference um, to what we can look forward to as Lutonians. You know, hopefully, it's that's not going to be the end of it. It's going to spark other things coming on for it. And as James touched on, um, you know, when when we were at the town hall 
and we got the planning permission for for both schemes. Yeah, everybody knew then that there would be changes. There'd be negotiating. We, you know, we knew that. Well, no planning development goes exactly to the first scheme. We knew, and again, as James touched on, the current economic situation and the social situation has made life very difficult. And nobody is um, sort of arguing against what's happening in, in retail. You know, there's definite move towards, um, you know, shopping online. Um, there's, we've seen it, you know, the, the, the bad thing we've had, Marks and Spencers pull out from uh, the Arndale, as I seem to think of it, not the Mal. And we've had all this discussion before. So we know that things are not going to be the same in the retail sector. So both these developments have got to reflect that. So I, I wasn't surprised to see the changes. Um, in one sense, I, I was disappointed about Newlands Park, about the, the, the drastic changes in um, the leisure side, but needs must. But I, I, I think this is going to make such a difference to that part of the town. Give us three, four years, we're not going to see all that wasteland now that's going to be or it, it up to then, it, it, that future day, it, it's such an eyesore. And I think when construction starts, and even if it takes, things happen as you say, Kip, and delays or whatever, I think it's going to give Lutonians and Luton supporters a real buzz and uplift to actually see something happening. I mean, as I, you know, I, I, I recently commented in, in the Luton News about this, you know, as a Luton supporter, basically what I want is a new stadium. And as a Luton supporter, that's my main concern. But as talking, as you said, as a Lutonian, you're looking at all, all of the town. And if you look at our town centre in the evenings, it's deserted. There's nothing there for people. But this is going to be something, as you said, that's going to get people in. So there may not be retail there or any shops or anything there, but there's, there's, there's still going to be leisure places. I'd say you, you've still got perhaps gym, club. You're going to have restaurants, bars, and it's going to be so good. After a home game or an evening game, people are going to be in the area where they can get something to eat, they can have a drink, whatever, and easy transport in and out midway between two railway stations you know easy access to the dreaded busway and even you know we we do have supporters you know overseas that are not too far away that can can get into you know you know norway ireland somewhere they can get relatively cheap flights into the airport and then uh, do you know what the name of the thing escapes me at the moment but they'll they'll have a rail link through to the stadium the dart five minute walk to the stadium the dart that was thank you james i appreciate that i've had a long hard tiring day um 
So I, I, I think it's actually quite exciting, the proposal. And even with the changes, it's still going to be fantastic for this town. You know, the main thing I want to see in that stadium is that halo, because that will make our new stadium so different. Nobody else will have anything like that. And I, yeah. I, I can't wait. I hope I'm still around when it happens. I'm sure you know? we'll make sure you uh, you are, mate. That's uh, and that no uh, no danger. Well, even that. if I'm not, mate, I, I I want somebody to take my ashes to the first <laughs> game in the stadium. You know, well, I'm not being pessimistic. Down, anyway, if you look at that halo, mate, that's um, absolutely yeah. sure. James, the the key thing about both of these features is the gateway to the town is going to look so much different if you're travelling on the M1 and if you happen to be someone who commutes into London for work or something. You know, um, it's going to look so much different on the train as well, isn't it? It's just it elevates Luton to a whole new level and gets rid of ever being written about in any of these derogatory terms of all of these crap towns and all of that thing again. So that's something to absolutely celebrate. Yeah, and that's the main thing. Look, um, you know, it's it's about um, it's about the future generations of Lutonians, really. Um, about you know. Even today, actually, um, one of my one of my very good friends. In fact, my my, my very first friend when I when I moved to Luton as a five year old, um, he's, he's decided that uh, he's going to move out uh, a Luton. He's going to move up north with his missus, and good luck to him. Um, uh, wish him every happiness. But um, he he sort of he, he said he's had enough of Luton, um, and that if that's the sort of attitude now of people among my generation. What's it going to be like of the younger generation? It's about stopping that. It's not just about, you know, it's not just about the retail uh, leakage where people go to St Albans or the other place in Hertfordshire or London or Milton Keynes to do their shopping. It's just about opportunity and having that sense that when you grow up in this town, you can get your dream job in this town. have a place to enjoy in this town that currently isn't there. The town centre, as Tony said, doesn't serve anyone well. Uh, and it, it, it is this sort of blight on, on the town. So if you're growing up thinking the world's your oyster, you might be thinking the world's your oyster elsewhere. But if you can keep those people in Luton, not everyone is going to stay in, obviously, but you keep more people, the town prospers and, and more money stays here. There's opportunity, there's business investment comes in. It, it just will, will set in motion this uh, revolution for the town, which is just so exciting. And you know, me as a young father, I've got young kids, uh, them growing up, I think that it'll be their generation that grows up and might be the first bunch of Newtonians that hopefully en masse will go, do you know what, Newton's my town and I'm proud of it. You know, because there are people that are proud. I'm proud of you. I'm proud to be a Lutonian. But not everyone feels that way. Uh, and it's about changing that mindset. And it's a, in many ways, that's more difficult than any of the development that it's taken to get from deciding they were going to buy the land at Newlands Park and Power Court to the point we are now, to the point we will be in three years when they have a new stadium. Changing that mindset of being proud of where you're from is the biggest challenge of all but it can only happen if you've got things to be proud of and this is what this development is going to do as far as i can see and I, i'm just so excited about it it's it's going to be amazing and 
you know, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, the fact I live in the town centre. And last night, police custody in 24 hours presented my neighbourhood as a gangland uh, place when it's not. Um, it's, 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 it's gonna change, it's gonna change that sort of attitude, um, hopefully. Uh, and it may take, it may take years, whatever. But if you don't, if you don't start the process, then it will never get better. And, and they've done it. You know, we've we've talked extensively about how it will benefit the town. That is still remains, regardless of the changes. Um, and it's it's just it's hugely uh, impressive and and massively exciting. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, if you haven't watched last night's episode of Police Custody, uh, direct all your anger at the spoilers to James, not the podcast, please. Um, now, you're absolutely right there, James. I mean, um, you've got young children. Tony, you've got young grandchildren. I've got young nieces. The fact that they're going to get the opportunities uh, and the facilities that none of us had um, is something that can only inspire everyone who lives in the town and has an interest in the town. And we can't wait to see all of this stuff come to fruition. Um, that's about it, chaps. Uh, we've got uh, one more podcast to come next month before the end of season one, once it's all done and dusted. And um, that'll be it for what's been a, a very enjoyable season. We do hope to have a player uh, podcast like we did with Elijah and Tom Lockyer um, prior to that um, in April, hopefully in the lead up to the Watford game. But obviously, um, we'll wait and see how everything goes um, between now and then. So keep your eyes out for that. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you watch and listen to the podcast. And then once that podcast is recorded, you'll know all about it. If you like the podcast, give us a like, a review. It is always much appreciated. Um, but until next month, chaps, uh, well, thanks for your company. Cheers, boys. Yeah, thanks, Kev. Good night. And thanks to you, everyone for listening as well. So we will be back uh, next month in some way, shape or form. So come on, you at it.